one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop, as usual, bringing you the best in transatlantic accents since 1994. This week's show has been something that I've addressed in the past, actually, not on the show, though, right, in interviews or some other stuff. And it's this whole notion of kind of how we live our lives. We live our lives in a very, a very kind of unique way on, on one hand, right? So that is, if you look at your life right now, you live it in a very unique way, unique to you. But I'm going to assert that how you're doing it has the same mechanics as everybody else who's doing it. And I want to talk to you about this thing called causing versus reacting. Causing versus reacting. Now, I think most people, and I've noticed this in my experience of people, okay? Most people have this sense that they know themselves to one degree or another, know all of the little kind of foibles and their past and why they became the way they became, why they do what they do. If you ask your average American, or Scottish person, or Iranian, anywhere in the world, if you were to say to that person, how well do you know yourself? Most people would say, I, I know myself fairly well, which is why for somebody in my position, when I sometimes throw these ideas out there, many people reject them. Because if they really sat with that idea, it would completely conflict with who they know themselves as. So I want you to consider that at no level in your life are you causing anything and that what you're mostly doing is reacting. So you're not causing anything on a conscious and deliberate way, but instead you're reacting. Now, sometimes when I talk about cause and causality, because sometimes that gets people's knickers in a twist. And, and a big part of that, I'm going to kind of lay this out for you here, okay? Human beings live in a paradigm of shame, blame, and guilt. 
shame, blame, and guilt. And they're either experiencing those things for themselves or they're attempting to assign it to others. So I'll say it again. Human beings live in a paradigm of shame, blame, and guilt that they're either assigning to themselves or attempting to assign it to others. Now, in very simple terms, why do we do that? Some of you might notice you're a bit of a serial blamer. And you'll fucking yabba, 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 yabba your way all the way down the dark hole with that. Some of you blame yourself and you'll fucking yabba, yabba, yabba your way all down the hole with that. All are an attempt to absolve yourself for how your situation actually is. Now, in very real terms, why do we do such a thing? We are hardwired to belong to the group. Now, you might not be an active participant in the group, but somewhere in the back of your mind, you're clear you belong to the group. What group? Well, if you just give it some thought, you'll see your group, okay? It might have something to do with race, political bias, the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you dress, your interests, your hobbies. You're interested in being part of something, right? And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Even those of you who say, I don't want to be part of the group, even that consideration is from the same dynamic. You can't not be part of something without first acknowledging that there's a something, okay? So anyway, this notion of being part of a group is like a fucking minefield for a human being. Now, if you go back thousands of years, you'll see that being part of the group meant life or death. That's the thing I'd like you to really consider here, like your nervousness of speaking in public or going into certain groups as opposed to that group. Like your general unease comes from your concern about being rejected by whichever group in the darkness of your mind you feel as if you're part of. Because being rejected by the group means you're out. And if you're out, again, life or death, it's survival. And in fact, we are so still addicted to this idea of being part of the group that as a society, how we punish you is we take you out of the group and we isolate you with a smaller group. But if you still misbehave there, you'll be taken out of that and put in an even smaller group, i.e. yourself. And that's how that rolls for us as human beings. That's how that goes. We are hardwired to connect, but also hardwired to manipulate ourselves and manipulate our conversations with others to make sure that we stay in that particular paradigm. What does all of this mean for you? It means you've got a toolbox, if you like, one that you subconsciously put together that allows you to kind of keep doing the life you've got. So all of your plans and strategies in life are basically a reaction, a default, already predictable reaction, by the way, 
to what life is presenting you with. So when sometimes you engage with personal development work, you get very confronted or you'll be one of the yeah, but nation, which is a different podcast. It doesn't exist. But when you're part of that kind of yeah, but culture, if you like, you'll kill off possibility or potential before it even gets a chance to breathe. And again, that's because you live a life of reaction. Your life of reaction is a mechanism designed to keep you in the little bubble that you currently live. So then, what does it look like to actually cause something? Well, this was something I had to really get my freaking head around actually at one time in my life. And it took me a bit of time to get my head around it. That I could actually cause great things to happen intentionally. I could be someone who causes life, who brings life to life, who makes life actually fucking happen. Now, I will readily and heartily admit that my role in life up to that point had definitely been one of reaction. Like I was reacting to whatever problems were coming my way. If I lost a job or a friendship or hit some kind of hardship, it was all reaction, reaction, reaction. And it was incredibly suppressive because when it came down to it, my only intent was to quote unquote, get through it. I wasn't actually up to anything when tested by life or tested by a relationship, or tested by my own internal dialogue. But when I got for myself that I'm a kind of phenomenon who can cause great things. Now, when we use that word cause, you'll notice that tendency. You might already have heard it for yourself, that there's this kind of association for shame, blame, and guilt. See, your propensity for shame, blame, and guilt is your fucking responsibility. It's not mine. So yeah, I do reject a lot of that conversation that's around in society of you make me feel. Now, that works both ways, right? Somebody a lot smarter than I once said, speak like it means everything and listen like it means nothing. Now, that doesn't mean to say when people speak, you should just cut out what they're saying. It means that when people speak, if you're experiencing any negative reaction to that, then you should relate to that like it doesn't mean whatever you're making it mean in your head. Even if somebody says you're a loser, does that mean you're a loser? And I know this is really petty, but that's kind of the way we fucking are as human beings. So this notion of causality, of being someone who causes life to happen, has to be separated, has to be set aside from this idea of shame, blame, and guilt. I mean, what would be the point of setting yourself up to do great things. And if you, for instance, failed, you were left with nothing but guilt. 
or self-blame. Now, this is what fucks people up a bit, and I get it, but it, it does, it fucks them up. I say in that situation, you are at cause in your own misery. You are at cause in your own misery. How do you know that? Because other people set themselves up with similar kind of things, don't accomplish them, and yet don't indulge that mechanism in that situation for shame, blame, and guilt. You got to really start to embrace the idea here that you're a self-generative phenomenon. That, yeah, a human being can generate hurt and pain and anguish and anxiety and suppression and that, 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 all that fucking shit. If you start to realize like this is coming from you, why it's coming from you eventually becomes an irrelevance. You get less interested in why it's coming from you and way more interested in that it's coming from you. I find in the domain of human concerns, the why plays a less significant outcome than the that. Right? I mean, if I get that I'm suppressed, right, that I'm down, that I'm in a darker spot in life than I would like to be, I'm not really served by why I got here. I'm more served by, all right, I'm here. Now what? Now what do I do? Now what can I do or know what do I feel is available to me as a human being that if I did that thing might really support me with what I'm doing? Now, that little example I just gave you, I'm now being at cause. I'm now causing life. I'm not explaining life. I'm causing it. I'm bringing myself to life. I'm realizing and coming to terms with that, in fact, I might have a bigger say in my experience of myself than I've previously thought. So if you look at your life and you look at the places in your life where perhaps it's not going the way you want it to, I'm going to assert you're in some reactive state that you're reacting using the tools and mechanisms that you've already got and that you got to come from this state of causing. What are you causing there? Now, again, I can already hear you doing it. Not shame, blame, or guilt. Right? Not blame, shame, or guilt. So if there's any of that kind of emotional little like, there for you, that little you got to set that shit aside. It's not what we're speaking of. If you were intentionally out to cause something in that area of your life, what would it be? And what could you now take on that would be in service of what you are out to cause there? So you might say, well, I'm causing health and well-being in this area of my life. All right, well, what are you doing that's consistent with that? Well, I'm causing financial abundance in this area of my life. All right, well, what are you doing that's aligning with that? I'm causing healed friendships. Now, look, you want to hear what I'm saying? Even in that, especially that last example, but I'm causing healed friendships. 
if you were to take that on like an intention, this is what I'm out to cause, does that mean you'll hit the target every time? No. But that doesn't end the game just because you never hit the target. I'm causing financial abundance. Okay, does that mean you're going to fucking be able to shut it all down in another week or two and retire off to the Seychelles? Doesn't mean that either. But you would look at your life and say, well, today I'm causing financial abundance by not going to Starbucks or by packing my lunch or by whatever. When you start to take on causing the outcomes of your life and reminding yourself of what you're causing, life starts to take a different turn. When you remind yourself, ah, this is shame, blame, guilt. I need to stay out of that. That's a fucking minefield. That's all the default mechanism for a human being designed to keep us part of the group, designed to keep us safe and surviving. When in reality, there's nothing really here that I need to survive. All right, we're going to take a little break. And after this break, we're going to take, obviously, our questions from the nation. If you want to participate in a future episode, by the way, please reach out to us, connect at garyjohnbishop.com. Go to the Unfuck Nation website. There's an opportunity there for you to fill out the little form and leave your question for us. Or contact me at the Unfuck Nation hot, hot, hotline, 646-450-3203. I'd love to hear your questions. I'd also love to hear your suggestions for future shows because many times, People have things that they feel as if they want to address, and I'm only too happy to take some of those on if they're appropriate to what we're doing, okay? All right, be back in a minute. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, all right, welcome back to the second part of the show. This is the part of the show, you guys, when I take questions that have been submitted from the nation. And again, if you want to participate in future episodes, call the hotline, 646-450-3203, leave a message, email me, connect at garyjohnbishop.com, or go to the website and fill out the little form there at unfucknation.com. Okay? so. This week's question comes from Fatima. Now, I will say that I usually pick the question that I think will have the biggest bang for the nation. So if you're somebody who's submitted a question and in the past, and I haven't addressed your question online, I want you to really start thinking like with some of these other questions that I'm taking on, I am in fact 
addressing your question, if you think about it, if you let yourself kind of stew in it. I find the sort of insight that I like to give out to people is a little more general in nature because when you make it too specific, people shut down. They think it's just for that situation with that person and they immediately assume that it doesn't apply to their situation when in fact it does. So this question this week is from Fatima and Fatima says, Hi Gary, do you have any advice on overcoming regret and jealousy? I feel like I lost my teen years and 20s to social anxiety and depression. Whatever narrative I've created around it, the facts is I missed out on so many life experiences, even negative, that would have developed me as a person. For example, going to live on campus at university or having a relationship. I stayed at home for most of my 20s. Still a child, really, only finding the strength to move out of the family home at 28. This hugely positive step has come with an immense amount of pain as I now encounter the experiences, opportunities I've lost. I see this in other people. I'm even extremely jealous of my boyfriend for having met his first love at university and having a long-term relationship with her. That boat has gone for me. I'll never experience being young and in a relationship. I'll never have those formative experiences at a young age. I can only encounter them now in my 30s, which feels inadequate. I'm trying to stay focused on carving out my future, but I'm experiencing intense levels of regret and jealousy toward others, even those I care about. All right. Raise your hand if you've ever experienced regret or jealousy. And if you're driving right now, just make sure it's one hand. And I should let you know, you do look a bit silly driving your car with your hand in the air right now. But anyway, Fatima, I get it. I get it. And you're doing what everybody fucking does. People look back on their past as through some lens of missed opportunity. People don't think they got the childhood they deserved. People think they didn't get the shot they deserved at working at that company or this company. People feel like they wasted years doing this thing or that thing. So you're not alone. If you keep looking back in life in terms of missed opportunity, then yeah, you're only ever going to have a negative experience. But there's many ways to view your past. And by the way, everything I'm about to say here is a way that you could view your past. You could say, well, I spent my 20s at home because emotionally I wasn't ready for the kind of impact that going on campus could have had on me. Like I, I might not have been able to make it through that time. So it was probably better for me that I stayed at home where I was a little more protected until I was at the point in my life where I really experienced myself as being strong enough and powerful enough to venture out there. So in that way, it was good for me because now I'm more equipped than I would have been when I was in my 20s, which by the way, is how I choose to frame having children when I did. You know, a lot of my friends had children in their 20s or early 30s. I was in my later 30s by the time I had my first son. Well, my wife had them. I was just there. But anyway, I really feel as if in my 20s, I was so fucking wrapped up in myself. I think I'd have been a shitty parent anyway. And there's an element of truth to that. 
but the regret is nothing more than a sidebar to absolve you of doing anything about your fucking thirties. In fact, you're setting yourself up in your thirties for complaining about how your life's going in your fucking forties. See, this is your opportunity now. And your jealousy, by the way, only points to some level. At some level, you know with yourself, you're not getting it done. When I say getting it done, I mean living the kind of life that you are satisfied with. So you're playing a small game. And again, at some level, you know that. But what you're choosing to do is look out the way and back the way to explain the small game you're playing right now in your fucking 30s. So I just want you to know, Fatima, and for everybody else who's out there right now, that you are setting yourself up for something. You're setting yourself up for something in the future. A future where you can get to look back and be disappointed. And, dare I say it, victimy. Like, oh yeah, I could have been awesome, but, oh yeah, I could have been fucking great, but, oh yeah, I could have done great things, oh yeah, but. So your explanation of where you are in life, it's all too readily available. I can't wake you up from this slumber, Fatima. I can't. This is on you. You have to come to terms with what you're doing to you. This kind of indulgence. The reason I'm not jealous of anybody is I'm too focused on what's next in my own life. Good luck to all those folks. Fucking go for it. Ring the bell. Do it. I mean, you'd even resent your current partner rather than just fucking unequivocally loving that person. You're like, oh, yeah, you got to have a great relationship when you were young and I never got that. You know what? Tough. That's how that rolls. And whatever you were wrestling with in your 20s, it's okay. That was a good time to wrestle with that. Can't look upon that as time wasted. That's only time wasted if you're not bouncing out of there and doing something fucking great now. Yeah, then it is time wasted. Not only did you fucking shelter yourself from whatever life was pressing at you, and that was a very real experience for you, by the way. Don't diminish that. Don't like, oh yeah, I was just anxious and depressed. You were fucking dealing with something. But let's show me something now. Show yourself something that made all of that worthwhile. Like, yeah, there were certain sacrifices. I look at my own fucking, I never went to fucking college. Is there a great experience to be had in college? There can be, yes. But there are many, many, many people who went to college and university who say it fucking sucked. They hated the whole fucking thing. It was terrible for them. So you've got this idealized notion like, oh yeah, and then I would have met my first love and my sweetheart and my da 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 Stop it. Fucking stop it. Cut it out. Cut it out, Fatima. You're living in fucking la-la land. 
there's a life happening right now. There are people in your life. You're in a relationship with someone who, I mean, it sounds like they want to be in this relationship with you. It might be in your best interest to make that thing so fucking amazing that when you're in your 40s and your 50s and you look back and say, oh my God, those years of my relationship really set me off in a whole other direction. And it's kind of what we do as human beings, you know, we talk about what we don't have. We talk about what we want to have instead of driving a big giant fucking bus through the gap of what we do have and blowing that thing up and out to have this amazing, spectacular, enlivening, fulfilling life. What's been? I was having this thought a little earlier when I was thinking about recording this session. The, the world right now is better than it's ever been. It's way better to be a human being right now than it was even 10 years ago. It's better to be a human being right now than it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. There's nothing back there. There's fucking nothing back there for you. These are the times. These are the times of fucking opportunity. This is it. Oh, my childhood. Fuck your childhood. What about your adulthood? What about your 30s and your 40s and your 50s? What are you doing? What are you creating? But you're not. You're lamenting and resenting and angry and regretful and jealous. And I want you to really get for yourself, Fatima, that's your choice in life. Be that person. And you can be that person. And you can live that life. And you can listen to podcasts and get a little pumped and then. Or you can be another kind of human being. You know, like from the first part of the show, someone, rather than reacting, is causing something, is up to something, is making something happen. That's the fucking game. And that's the game you should be playing. It's so often in life, you guys, it comes down to a simple thing. When you're at your lowest, you're not up to anything. And if you think, well, maybe, well, I am up to something. Yeah, you'll notice, though, it's just all about you. In your darkest moments, it's always about you. In your heaviest moments, it's just always about you. Now, do I do that? Yeah, I'm a fucking human being too, just like you. I do that shit. But I take a philosophical view. I step back and I do this frequently every fucking day. I step back, step back, step back. And it gives me clarity and it gives me peace of mind and a sense of fulfillment when I step back. When I'm like, all right, hold on a fucking minute here. Hold on. I'm not going to indulge this shit. And by the way, that's a practice I've invented for myself. I'm not some kind of mental fucking ninja. It's a simple practice of stepping back and stepping back, of noticing where I'm going down a rabbit hole, of taking a philosophical perspective, of taking a transformed view. I'm not interested in doing things the way that everybody else does them. Why? Because a lot of that shit doesn't work. I don't do my relationships the way most people do them. I forgive in a way that would blow your fucking mind. Why? Because I, I live a really great life and forgiveness is a big part of that. Including forgiving my fucking self. I forgive myself 
I hold myself accountable. I'm responsible for my actions. But I'm unwilling to walk forward with any kind of emotional burden from it. Because it doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve my family. It doesn't serve what I'm up to. It doesn't serve you. And I know we, we sometimes use those terms, you know, like pity party and all that kind of stuff, which, you know, it's so throwaway. But there is an accuracy to it. Like I'm wallowing in something. Fatima, you're wallowing in the past. And you're sacrificing the future. And you'll be fucking, if you just keep going, you'll be talking about your 20s when you're in your fucking 70s. And what you should have done and how you missed the boat. But what you never realize is you missed the boat of your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, and your 60s, because there are boats arriving every fucking five minutes. <laughs> there are. There's boats arriving every fucking five minutes. Take the next one, Fatima. Take the next boat. All right, you guys, that's got to be done for this week's show. As usual, if you want to participate in a future show, connect at garyjohnbishop.com. You can call the hotline, 646-450-3203, or look us up on the internet at unfucknation.com. Also, please, this makes a massive difference to the show, and I know you're a busy human being. Please rate the show. Review the show if you got a minute, and it's a minute to spare, a minute of your precious time. That would be wonderful. And subscribe to the show. And then last but not least, spread the fucking word. The nation is growing. Every week our downloads are going up and up and up. The nation is growing. Spread the word about the nation. Ring the fucking bell. Tell people about what we're up to. And I'll see you next week. Have a great one. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.